1: Welcome to Maskin Journey After Hours. We just say, on this part of the show, you better just grab onto something pretty sturdy. Because <laughs> there's a lot to talk about on the show that we just left. Um, you know, this, this whole loving like Jesus, and especially loving somebody in a relationship, a man to woman relationship, a marriage, dating, those types of things, and, and what's that really mean to, to love like Jesus? You know, and Robbie, we were talking, you know, off the air before we came on for the after hours, and you were mentioning there aren't really just three veins that we could really dive into, and the first one kind of being tenderness. So if you want to tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the picture of Jean Valjean, which we have a clip along these lines, that, that we just saw how he was completely fierce against her enemy, and later on we're going to show a clip. You can see how tender he was towards her brokenness. She considered herself be a whore and 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 you know considered herself you know damaged goods a- and so just like all men are wounded all women are wounded and understanding their brokenness and rather than running from it which <laughs> you know we will run and we will live <laughs> you know this is a scene from Braveheart <laughs> But, you know, my first wife, it just brings me back to a place that I I don't necessarily want to go, but I can't help but think about it. My first wife was schizophrenic. And, you know, I'll never forget some of those moments of discovering how sick she was. Mm -hmm. Um, And and trying to understand how my life was going to work in that. And she would hear voices. Um, and sometimes she would think I was doing things I wasn't actually doing and she would hit me I mean literally like floor she had superhuman strength like our guy like man when she hit you because she thought You know something was horrible. She, she really would hit you and Trying to figure out I was not a Christian of What what do I do with this? How can I? respond to this without just becoming furious Right, which was the natural response that I was experiencing, and now I look back on, wow, what an opportunity I had to love a really broken person. Um, and, and would love, and and maybe in heaven we can have this discussion. You know, the fascinating thing is Debbie called me, um, two or three days before she died. Uh, she died of diabetes complications and at this point in time I'd been married to Tammy for you know probably 25 years or maybe 24 years something like that and, and I'll never forget that phone call it's like I hadn't heard from her in all these years and I just wanted to tell you I loved you before I, I died and she knew she was dying and I, I was like Debbie you're not dying you know because as usual I think she's exam- you know, exaggerating and all this and she goes no no I, I really am and I just need you to know that I always loved you and I, you know there's something about me that 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 just says wow god if I'd you know had a chance to walk in this message and know some things now that I knew then about being tender towards somebody who was really 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 broken and what would have that possibly meant for her life had I been able to love her well
1: yeah it's it's very hard a lot of times to handle somebody else's heart better than you handle your own, you know, and until you really can walk with God and and get some healing you, you tend to not do that as well right now some people are better at it than others, but you know it's really, really hard to love somebody when you don't really love yourself very well
2: and it has to be authentic yeah if you're like you said earlier if you're coming at it from a different perspective and you're just trying to say the nice things. People see through that all the time. I've watched that when I'm sincere or not sincere with my wife and she can read me like a book, you know. And being, saying, trying to say something tender or something nice and you really are not there and you don't mean it, it just makes it worse. Mm-hmm. You know, honesty is the best policy and, you know, you have to figure out a way to sometimes just bow out you know maybe and not say much um you know try and uh, you know like the the nail yeah. in the head you know it's like don't try to fix it just listen it really is a good a good advice and you know i I try to take that better now it's not <laughs> the nail robbie right robbie, rodney <laughs> robbie, i'm doing it again
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I need like a fourth or fifth person yeah. in here to to stand so i can see different faces in here yeah I want to mm-hmm. get back to the, the place real quick on a clip. Um, I want to go back to the story of Bill Murray. Because I think what you'll find here is... We, we're going to judge him by what we hear. But I think we, sometimes we're a lot closer to being like him than we think we are. When we're really honest with ourselves. So I want to pick up the story of him and Nancy. Now, he loves a lady named Rita... But he's making the moves on Nancy, which we heard in the last episode where he learned that she was in Mrs. Walsh's class, and they were at the same Lincoln High School, and you know, he makes all this up to, to meet her. And so we pick up the story a little bit later on after their date, and so i want going to kind of listen to how that plays out, and we'll come back and talk about it.
3: Oh, Phil. <laughs> oh, Rita. Who's Rita? How should I know? What is this, some kind of one night stand? On the contrary, Nancy, I love you. I've always loved you. This is gonna seem sudden, but... Nancy, will you be my wife? Oh, Phil. (sighs) Rita. Nancy. Whatever.
1: Well, that's not a good clip. And the oh. clip it always reminds
2: me of is Despicable Me. Yeah, yeah it's,
1: it's really not a good clip. And, and maybe we're not quite to that point. But I think there are times that, you know, we, as we talked about in the previous show, that we do things with the hopes or the intentions of an outcome happening, right? If I can say the right thing, I can do the right thing, I can give the right gift, you know, the outcome's going to be favorable, on my end. And again, that's the whole wrong mentality. And it's easy to look at that and maybe judge it. But it's coming from a very broken place. You know, he's coming from a place where he's trying to get some type of answer that, that she's not going to be able to give him long term. It's going to be fleeting, as we talked about before, unless he can really get those answers from God. And then once he can start getting them them and walking with God, he can really then start to step into that place where he can help her with her tenderness. You know, to be tender towards her because he's coming from a healthier place. Right. Andy, what uh, what would you add to that?
4: Oh man, I was waiting. I was thought you were going to give me the next question. So that's Sam being Sam. Um, <laughs>
0: thank you. You're welcome.
4: <laughs> I, you know, I think. I mean, I've been sitting here thinking about just uh, being. Uh, Fears and going after a woman's heart and how, how it's totally doing the wrong thing there. But a lot of times I think we don't know how. We're, we've never seen it modeled before us a lot of times before from our examples of really how to properly go after a woman's heart that's not selfish, it's not looking out for our own benefit, not taking a question to them, not um, looking for something external from them uh, and being able to take our strength to them we just don't see that uh often i mean i had a very good dad he was good to my mom but can do i remember examples as a kid of really being able to see that there were times he did ex- excellent but uh, from a day-to-day basis I, I you know i probably didn't always see the the greatest example and and i think a lot of us from what I've heard from the masculine journey is a lot of us didn't always see those examples. Not to put it on somebody else. We really need to lean in and let Jesus show us how to do those things from the examples that he gives in his word and just from our personal interaction with him. But like I say, I think a lot of us come from a broken place of not really knowing how to give that.
1: That's a great point, and so I'm going to throw out a question to Harold here in a second that I didn't prep him for, so you guys are usually used to that setting here in the studio. But when you look at Scripture, Harold, how did Jesus love others? What what was some of the things that he did that we could model ourselves after?
5: I think one of the greatest things that he did was he looked for the needs that people had and addressed those. And I think that when we can do that for our wife, uh, that's one of the greatest things that we can do. Uh, an example, in our uh, marriage, uh, for years and years, my sweetheart would ask me, Did I want, didn't I want her to get a degree? Well, I knew how important uh, a college degree was to her uh, because she had a lot of uh, cousins and so, brother and so forth that, that had degrees. She had been told that she could not go to college uh, or she would have a nervous breakdown because she had to have straight A's and so forth. And so my response to her was, it was a true response. It wasn't a Bill Murray-type game. It was, you know, you don't need a degree from me. And that was true. But I knew how important it was for her. And so when she finally decided that she was going to go for it, uh, I did everything I could to help her out. I did library research. I typed papers. Um, I supported her in every way I could. In fact, I kept her from quitting. Uh, that woman got her undergraduate teaching degree for the 4.0 grade point average. And yet she would never sleep the night before an exam because she never felt like she knew the material well enough. So my support. She mentions it constantly to other people about that she could never have gotten that degree without me. I don't know if that's true or not, but I love hearing it. And uh, knowing a person's real needs and being able to try to address them, I think, is extremely important. Making them feel uh, that they are on a pedestal. Uh, I, I always open the car door for my wife. I don't know, uh, you know, many people that do that nowadays. But I love doing it. Uh, I try to show her that she is so important to me that I want to go out of my way to show that not only to her but to other people that she's special because she's special to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, that that's a way that we can show love.
1: Thank you, Harold. Now, Robbie, what's um, some other thoughts that you have on examples Jesus set on, on loving others? Yeah, he he was
0: fortunately for all of us very intimate. I mean, he went deep, even when it could mean trouble. But it, and often with such grace that you know it's still like beautiful when you look at the conversation he had with the woman at the well right i mean <laughs> when he just throws it out there well, just call your husband you know that's a really intimate thing he just did with a, a completely inappropriate in his culture to even speak to a Samaritan woman now he's going to talk about her lack of a husband and the and the fact that she's had five of, in other words he really goes deep into her story knowing her story at in order to go after you know some real healing in there and that, that gets to the intimacy that, you know, fortunately, it, I think you would agree with me, Sam. It feels really good on our end to be intimate where we get to tell our story, but we also get to hear. They're like, this is, this is real life right here.
1: Yeah, it, it is. I think a, in the, the realm of a relationship, that intimacy is very appropriate, right? But if you're just starting to date somebody, you got to be very careful about getting intimate and I don't mean physically yes that plays into it but I mean emotionally uh, conversationally intimate because a lot of times it it can go deep for for me after um, my wife and I split up I didn't really think of it as, as taking my question to the woman so to speak but you know I got out and I would start dating and I was just used to be very transparent around these guys and being around other people and and I knew a lot about a woman's heart because we, we, we talk about it. We, we try to learn about it, you know. And too often I found myself in a really not a great place where, the, where the, the female would feel like we were a lot more intimate relationally than where I really thought we were. And when I had to peel that back, it was really my own fault for, for going deep when it wasn't the right time to go deep. If that makes any sense, and so I think it, it all depends on the relationship you're in, on that part of that intimacy. You know, if you if you're not planning on staying with that person long term, you got to let God really guide that intimacy on how deep you go as far as conversation, relationally sharing. Because it, the, the yeah, ba- yeah. Go ahead, Andy.
4: Well, I was just going to say I think that, it, and we and what we know about the woman's part we know that that intimacy and that vulnerability, women don't see that all the time and that is very attractive so it can't confuse them in those situations I think.
0: And, and the, I think it's really a beautiful thing about the clip you're fixed to show is that we, here we do have an example of Jean Valjean. You know you can't see it right? Y- yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: You know this is a genuine strength
1: and yeah. this is being tender for a lady who's really broken. And, and he's able to be intimate By speaking truth into her life. Right. Right. And so I think that's important that we we glean that from it. But we're going to listen. What's happened is right after the the scene we left in the the last uh, show that we did, right from the jail she collapses, and he ends up having her taken to his house, and he's talking with the doctor about her situation, and then it moves into the conversation with her. You'll hear a point where you hear a sound, and he's trying to remove her wet clothes so that he can get her dried out.
3: I doubt she'll survive. She she talks continually about Cosette. Who's that? Her daughter. She needs all the will to fight the infection (coughs) in her lungs. Perhaps if the girl will her. I understand. Thank you, doctor. You'll need nurses. I can't arrange for them till the morning. What about tonight? I'll take care of her tonight. Keep her body warm and her head cool.
5: Gossip, Bothery. You You didn't have to fire
3: me. Close the damp. I have to get you some choice. It's all right.
2: There'd be no charge. You deserve it.
5: But I don't understand why you're being so kind.
3: I was preoccupied. I didn't know. If you'd come straight to me, none of this. and don't worry I'll bring your daughter to you
5: you're going to the Genardier's
3: no I can't I'll send the money to bring us out here she
5: can't live with me
3: of course she can she will she'll attend the school and uh, you won't have any more worries when you're better I'll find work for you
5: but you don't understand I'm a whore. And
3: Cosette has the Father. She has the Lord. He has her Father. And you're his creation. In his eyes, you've never been anything but an innocent and beautiful woman.
1: No, Robbie. He obviously is is pretty intimate there. Yeah. But I mean, he's sharing God's truth to her, right?
0: Right. It's absolute you know, grace that, fortunately for us, we we know the beginning of the story is he had similar self image problems. He thought he was a convict, mm-hmm. a- and God had through the bishop, you know, given him unmerited favor, very similar to what he is now offering to to her fantine and so it's fascinating to me to know the story like oh my goodness look what god stepped in and gave jean valjean and now look what he is giving to fantine so in my own story you know what does that look like what did he you know what did he step in and forgive me of and and then you know when i'm sitting there so easy and so quick to judge not just my wife, but, you know, I deal with a lot of different women every day of my life. <laughs> and, and I even think of one I really struggled with, a Jesus labor love lady. Um, And, oh, man, I kept on telling the Lord I didn't want to deal with her. But I am so glad that I went past that. He, he got me to be obedient. And, and this week, you know, it just so happened that the ministry was able to really help her in a time when she really needed it. And she completely knew that was from god and 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 just like you know i think we all hope that fantain knew that, that this message was coming from god himself not from jean valjean
1: yeah i think when you look at the differences in the intimacy that was in the clip and what i was talking about he didn't share his story he didn't share his vulnerability right he just spoke the truth about god's love to her right Right, and spoke into her story, right? And you can do that with anyone, right? You can speak God's love into anyone's story that he calls you to be a part of their life. It's their difference there between that and sharing your own vulnerability, which can confuse some things. Yeah, but if you're
2: also in that relationship for a long time and you've never really shared or never cared enough when she was sharing... Right, you like you you listened but you you really didn't listen. You didn't hear. So, opening up and being able to enter into that relationship, being vulnerable yourself, so that she can be, because most often they usually are first. So you're going to have to, you know, be open to hearing and just listening and understanding, not trying to fix like I like to do. <laughs> you yeah, know?
1: and there's a big difference between. Uh, listening and hearing. Yes, yeah, I can listen to lots of things and never really hear them.
2: Yeah, and with the, with that sympathetic ear of wanting to understand and go deeper and ask questions that take you more intimately and deeper with her, that you know brings out more of who she really is and what what it is about her that why does this bother you this much? And then again, constantly, like you said, you you offer Jesus, but. As an individual, you need to offer yourself into that because you do have that intimate marriage relationship. So you're going to have to enter in and be vulnerable yourself. And, you know, I don't know how to fix this, but together we'll figure it out. And here's where I'm hurting and what's going on with me because, you know, when you're vulnerable, just like Andy was saying, you know, that that is intimacy for that relationship that re- you really need to foster
1: and it's it's so key to walk with God through each one of those steps. If I step out and I'm vulnerable but she's not at a place to hear it and I just do it out on my own, there can be some wounding coming back. You know, I got to be, you know, willing to say, "Okay, God, I'm going to let you tell me. I'm going to let you lead me on when to share some of this stuff, right? And when not to, when to speak, when to ask questions, Wendon trying to not fix something. <laughs> I mean, all those things. It's left to my is, own. I'm going to screw it up. Is a, it's a wonderful
0: opportunity for prayer, especially for me, because I go, oh, okay, I got nothing. I have yeah, no idea. To- yeah. Go ahead, Andy.
4: <laughs> well, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, that's where I really struggled was that I really, I think I genuinely wanted to do right. But it seems like whenever I was supposed to zig, I always zag. I always did the opposite of what I was supposed to. And if I would have leaned into the Lord much more than what I actually did. And that's where I think when you get healed up and whenever you get begin to see that he's your you know, you're sustaining um he's there sustaining you and giving you direction. And you don't have I mean now I feel like I just go to that much more and I get his wisdom because it's always in our own strength when we're doing it. You can do it all out of right motive and wanting to do that, but you end up doing the wrong thing, and that's what I continually did. Or I felt like.
0: Well, I was, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you completely, and it's amazing how he gives me little baby steps to do stuff because the hard stuff, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not smart enough to figure out. Oh, this is when I need to pray. <laughs> this <laughs> is when I need to jump in. But, but my wife had uh, or has restless leg syndrome, and so sometimes she would struggle to sleep, and you know, just you know really really a problem and i went to the nrb and i this guy spiritual warfare had these stakes and on these stakes like 10 stakes are bible verses and he was talking about what tremendous results he had by putting these stakes in the ground and uh, around people that were having warfare problems and and so as part of the john eldridge's daily prayer you you know you you say you know i'm I'm going to bring the kingdom of God, and I'm staking it here in Jesus' name. So these stakes really meant, made sense to me. So I go home. I, sa- I said, Tammy, I got these steaks. <laughs> <laughs> and these aren't steaks you can eat. These are steaks you put in the ground. And they got Bible <laughs> verses on them. I'm a, I, I really want to pray over your restless leg, and I'm going to stake it in Jesus' name in all four corners of the, the, the you know. And so I got the steaks one night. I went out and staked them, and I prayed. And guess What? I know you're thinking, it worked. Well, it did. I mean, I you know, you, it, you know it's supposed to, you know, but it was actually warfare that was going on to some extent. And now it's not like she's just like never ever has another, you know, bump with her leg in the middle, it, but nothing like where she could get no sleep and no rest. And maybe it's just God coming in and comfort her. I don't know. But what I do know is, oh, man, I got a chance to play the man. I got to be fierce up against her enemy. And. You know, it, it really felt like, man, I, I got to, to love my wife well. And I'm, in a baby well, way, you know, this wasn't all that intimate a thing.
1: But it, you, you were tender, right? You, you you stepped out on her behalf, yeah. right? I mean, there, there's, there's a risk there. You were, you were gone, you were away, and you were still thinking about
2: her and her situation and putting her in front of your needs at that time.
1: So we have a couple minutes left, uh, we have less than a minute left. So any parting words you want to give other than walk with God, which is obviously what we always want to say? <laughs> Jesus, walk with God. Anything else you'd like to add?
0: Well, I, I think that the last thing I would say is women fear abandonment. And it's so easy for us to wound them there. Like, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to, you know, because that just, like even if you walk out in a heated in an argument, you're in a situation to really wound well
1: them. Yeah, and it does wound them. And, You can abandon them emotionally, you can abandon them physically, you can abandon them a lot of different ways, and realizing that that's the big fear. And so just making steps to make sure you don't do that and feed to that fear. Join us next week. See you then.